Back by stops by the show. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Nuggets championship. We're going to go over what was most surprising about the run. We're going to talk about Nikola Jokic's greatness. It is a Nikola Jokic all-time great kind of day here on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us for the ride, especially you everydayers that listen to us on the daily. Really appreciate that, including Eric, who I met on a flight when I was doing all my traveling. Eric, shout out to you, man. Thanks for saying hello. Thanks for everybody hanging out with us. On today's show, Zach Bai from 104.3 stops by, host of the Maha Hoops podcast and obviously host on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to talk a little bit about the Nuggets championship run because I just don't think we can get enough of it over here on Locked On Nuggets. I think it's important to celebrate the moment and want to get as many perspectives as we can on it. So, uh, Zach's going to join me. We're going to talk about that on today's show. We'll get to some of the surprising things uh, that we saw during the championship run. We'll talk about Jokic is an all-time great. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Denver sports scene and about how the Avs won a championship two seasons ago or a season ago. The Nuggets just won this, are the defending champions, and the Broncos are on the up and up. We're going to talk about some of the, the ways that Denver sports continue to have a really, um, to borrow a phrase, um, a, well, a, a terrific era right now in Denver sports. Uh, Zach, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate you being a part of the show this week. I know how busy that you are. Uh, I want to start with this question, which is, you know, the Nuggets have this championship run, and I think it was it it was surprising in that um, the, they were a team that had knocked on the door that was like in that contender range, but had never done it, had literally never done it. And so uh, I think that was a surprise, especially people outside of Denver. Those of us that have covered the team and been around it, we knew how good they were, but you still wanted to see it. I want to know from you, what was the most surprising thing for you about the Nuggets championship run? The most surprising thing about the Nuggets championship run, man, there's uh, uh, a million different ways you could go with this. Um, first of all, appreciate you having me on. Always love coming on. Fan of you, fan of Adam. So thank you. Um the most surprising thing actually for me was, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it was the discourse that was happening around the team from a narrative standpoint, even while the run was happening. Like there was plenty of discourse leading up to it uh, from the, you know, the, all the MVP conversations and this and that. But when even when we got into the playoffs, it still felt like Nuggets fans had a full-blown fight on their hands, even in, uh, 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 amidst one of the most dominant runs we've seen in the last decade and a half. I mean, I, outside the Warriors run, when I think they won uh, or only lost the game, I think you know 16 and four is like the next best stretch that we've seen uh, in 16 years. And despite that, there was still this sort of yeah, but nature with the Nuggets, and it almost felt like they they had to like. I, I grew up um, a wrestling fan, and Undertaker, you know, would have these casket matches. And it felt like until that casket was freaking closed and locked was still this belief that um, Denver wasn't going to do it. There was just a general lack of uh, believability around the team. And there's reasons for that. Like, I don't want to be, you know, um, a revisionist history and say that there wasn't reasons. And Matt, I know my biggest question mark 
headed into um, this season and this playoff run, and maybe you could file it under surprises, uh, I, I guess, but could Jamal Murray be the second best player on a team that won a championship? Yeah. Typically, when you look at those guys, they're Hall of Famers. Like four out of every five years, the second best player on a title team is a Hall of Famer. Jamal Murray had never made an all-star game before. So I, I think, you know, I had asked these questions, you know, from a believability standpoint, would this be like a kind of one-off group, like, kind of how I view the Raptors or the Pistons in the early 2000s. Like, can you go win a championship without multiple Hall of Famers? Um, and the consistency of Jamal Murray. I mean, that, that Jamal Murray for a month and a half was a version of himself that we've actually never seen during the regular season. And so if you talk about surprises, if I could uh, 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 bypass the discourse, because I was continuously surprised by some of the things that people get paid big money to speak on and then the way that they handle themselves. But it was the Jamal Murray from a player standpoint might have been my biggest surprise because he did the bubble run kind of all over again. And I thought maybe even to a maybe even higher degree, not where the peaks were as high, but the consistency series over series was remarkable. We've never seen that from Jamal, which is why he's never been an all star. So to do it on the biggest stage over and over and over again, um, I'll considering the questions I've had about Jamal leading up to this year. I think maybe that's my biggest player surprise with just how great he was and sustaining that greatness over a period of, of, of a whole run. Yeah. It's amazing. The, the spectrum of takes that everyone has had about Jamal. And like, I remember the regular season when there would be nights where he would get a little tunnel visioned and you would be like, man, you know, and there was the, there were conversations in the media room and in, in the chat segment here on locked on nuggets, by the way, you can catch us on the YouTube channel. If you want to be a part of this live show. Um, if about like, can Jamal be the guy? Like, is Jamal, does he have the right mindset? Does he have the right skill set? Does he have, is he, you know, all the, the quickness question? Adam talked about this, like all of these things. And he put all of it together. And you were kind of right that like the peaks were, I think the peaks were different in that, that in that bubble run, he needed to score 50. Like, where that team was at and how good that team was, they weren't getting out of that series versus the Jazz without him going for 50 in the bubble. And then, in this run, they needed nights where he would score 37 and they needed nights where it was like he scored efficiently, played well, put up 30, also had a high level of assist, didn't turn the ball over. And like his evolution as a complete player, I think, um, I think you're right that he showed that he was and like there's a greatness to that. It was that we knew Jamal was talented. We knew Jamal was explosive, but you don't ever know if a guy can be truly great. And Jamal was during that championship run. Yeah, he was. And, you know, I, I started my podcast in 2017, um, Mile High Hoops podcast. I did it with Earl Boykins, former Nugget. And he would always say consistency equals greatness. And that was like one of his like things he went to. And that's what I think of when I think of Jamal. Um, it has been that lack of consistency. Matt, like think about the season after the bubble. Think about how slow he started that next season. Yeah. Go, go up and pull his game log to that next season and look at the first two months and how many single-digit scoring outings he had. It would be five points, nine points, and then mixed in, with, you know, 28 points. So Michael Malone has called him out for it, you know, over the years and saying, I just need to know what I'm getting. Give me 25 every night. I don't need 35, then 14. And he found that. He found that consistency. So um, he was great, man. He Jamal Murray was so freaking fun to watch, and he's an easy guy to root for as well. 
On the other side, we'll talk a little bit with Zach about Nikola Jokic as an all-time great. We'll talk about amongst the greatest players in NBA history. Later on, we'll talk about Denver as the new title town, as it just seems championships are circling here in the Mile High City. We'll talk about that on the other side. First, I need to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. I work with a lot of folks that are serious DFS players, and they've got screens and screens in front of them, and they're going through hundreds of lineups and playing all these different games. You don't have to deal with that on Prize Picks. All you're doing is playing against the projections, and they've got any sport that you want to watch, whether that's WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, which is really fun, actually to play dfs on tennis mma boxing disc golf obviously you got nfl and mlb nba all the sports over at prize picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's just that easy you're not going to have to mess around with a bunch of complicated mechanics they offer safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and canada download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on you put in $100, they'll give you $100. You put in $50, they'll match you with $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore alongside Zach Vi from 1043 The Fan. Glad to have him with us talking a little nuggets and the championship run. And Zach, you know, I've talked with Adam a lot about how amazing it is to have watched Nikola Jokic's career and to have been a guy that was like, okay, sure, yeah, no, this second rounder, the guy out of Serbia that's like a passing big, yeah, I'm sure he's going to stick in the NBA. To being like, okay, he's probably going to stick in the NBA. To being like, okay, he's probably pretty good. To, okay, he should probably start. Okay, he's the best player on the team. Okay, he's one of the best players in the Western Conference. Okay, he's one of the best players in the league. Okay, he's the MVP. And now we reach this point where after this championship run, everyone has kind of cemented him. And it's great because it shows you what one title can do, where he wins two MVP awards when so few players win one in their career. And still people are kind of like, okay, yeah, but like, can he make it with a, with a deep playoff run? Can he make a Western conference finals? And me in the corner being like, he made one, two years ago um, without anybody wanting to listen to me. Um, and then, he has this run and he's mastered the game and he plays at such a high level and he has universally earned everyone's respect. Um, I would label LeBron's as a little bit begrudging, but even LeBron like gave it up for him after the champ, after that, that Western conference final series, uh, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, he has the respect of everyone in the NBA. And now like the conversation is about him as an all time great. He was a hoops head. Um, I am kind of curious we don't, I want to do like a ranking, right? I think there's a time and a place for that. I want to do it today. But I am just kind of curious of how you viewed Nicola and his evolution and how you view him as an all-time great and some of the, the contemporaries you think that he should be talked about alongside. Well, uh, really good question. So, so relevant. And we'll uh, actually just get more and more relevant as the years keep stacking up here. Um, he has solidified himself uh, at the table. Now, he's not at the big boy table, and he shouldn't be there. And I know we have a tendency to maybe sometimes rush some stuff um, in terms of, like, I, I've heard, hey, you know, has he passed Larry Bird? You, I just don't think that you can um, go from no championships and triple jump your way past Larry Bird in one single postseason. Sure. Um, I, we got to go about these conversations with wisdom. But 
But I do believe Nikola Jokic does not need to make any more bat, one more assist, one more rebound, one more basket to be a Hall of Famer. He already has a Hall of Fame resume. Uh, when you look at the players, and this is where where uh, I uh, you know whittle down some of the field. Uh, when you look at the players in NBA history who have won multiple regular season MVPs, have won a championship, and have also been Finals MVP. We've been playing basketball a long time. Not a lot of guys have done that. You're looking at Wilt Chamberlain. You're looking at Kareem. You're looking at Magic. You're looking at Bird. You're looking at Jordan. You're looking at Steph. You're looking at LeBron. You're looking at Giannis. Um, and, and I know I'm missing one or two others in there. Moses Malone was another one. Uh, but just 10 before Jokic. And there, there's now no dissenting opinion. Uh, on his uh, all-time status. Now, there's still some stuff that's lazily said. I, I don't know if you heard Isaiah comment. Uh, Isaiah Thomas comments, you know, during summer league, he's like whale blubber and he's just so big. Yeah. You're like, oh my goodness, what nuanced, um, what nuanced <laughs> uh, 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 take on what we just saw. But um, he he is going to the Hall of Fame, and now it's just you 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 put that on the table: the multiple MVPs, uh, a Finals uh, MVP, and a championship. But you also, Matt, have to talk about. Um, where he stands on the all-time triple-double list. This yeah. is a guy who is 27 years old. What is he, sixth or fifth all-time? I forget where he is. Like he, he's right there, like, to ever do it. And Jokic's game is going to age so gracefully uh, because, as you and your listeners know, like, this is not a guy whose game is predicated off athleticism. So it's just now how far down the table do your work, do you work yourself towards the Larry Birds and, and, and the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's um, there's obviously some work to do, but I think that guys that are behind them are some of the greatest players that the league has ever seen. Like, I don't think you can any longer put a, a, a even a Carl Malone ahead of uh, a Jokic. Right. Uh, I don't think you can put a, a Clyde Drexler or, you know, a James Harden. I think all those guys are behind Jokic now. Um, off the cuff, I think if you were to ask me, where does he stack amongst like the greatest players of all time? Um, I still don't have him over someone like Giannis, okay? But I probably have him somewhere between like 16 and 25, yeah. and he's 27, uh, 28. Uh, uh, I, I know he, he, I think he turned 28 um, uh, in February. It was 27, 28. Typically, Matt, and I know you know this to be true. That's when NBA players are hitting their prime. That's yeah. that's the build. It's not. It's not. Um, it typically even for guys like Jordan or LeBron, it takes a while to get your flowers and to, to, to break through. And Jokic has done that. And then you check the calendar. It's like, wait, this guy could do this for five or six or seven or eight more years. You know, I'll ask you, man, just, just serious question. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just putting you on the spot. If you were going to sign one player up for the next eight years, would it be Giannis or Jokic? I would be, I would be Jokic. And like, I'll even go back and I'll say that, like, I don't think you can have, they're close. I don't think you can have Giannis over Yoke, even with the defensive side stuff, because I like, I have all the respect in the world for Giannis's uh, defensive game and how incredible he is. And I actually think that he's like underrated offensively as an engine, mm-hmm. but I will say that like the champion, the championship run that Giannis had was very different from the one that Nicola had in terms of the dominance and how, 
like there were no holes in the game. And Jokic acquitted himself defensively, I think, better than Giannis has offensively mm. with some of the weaknesses in terms of um, just honestly the jumper and it not being there and not, not being reliable. I think it's close. I think it's okay if you have that as, as, assumption. But I will say, like, at the beginning of the year, like, I had I had Giannis, and I was like, Jokic is there. Like, he's got two MV- – they both got two MVPs, but Giannis has the title, and Giannis is, like, the most complete player in the league. Now, with how Jokic controlled the game – and that no team was able to exploit him defensively, despite all of the conversation about this is going to be when they when the pick they're going to spam the pick and roll. This is when they're going to figure him out. This is when it's going to be difficult. And I'll be honest, like I thought the Suns were going to be able to take a lot more advantage of him than they did. Like the Nuggets' backside rotations were really good, and the coaching staff did all of the things that they needed to do to avoid putting Nicole in situations where yeah. he would be taken advantage of. So for me, it's like. Nicola is past that. And now we are into, you know, and it, it's, this is what's always funny is if you don't back one player or if you put a guy know. over him, it seems disrespectful. I like you mentioned bird. Right. And it's like, it's like, Oh, well, you know, like, Oh, is he really not like up there with Larry bird? It's like Larry bird won multiple titles and is like, but it's also like, he's being compared to Larry freaking bird. Right. Like, and when we have these talks, it's also funny because in order to do it the right way, you have to start with where everybody's got in their top five, top 10. Because, you know, some folks are going to have Kobe really high. Some folks are going to have Kobe much lower. Some folks are going to have Bird really high and Bird much lower. I'm never going to have, like, the guys like Wilton Russell as high as some others because I believe the game got more competitive. And I'm going to reward those guys that were in more competitive leagues. But for Nicola to be in the conversation, I think is, like, Zamora said this in the comment, and I I don't necessarily know that he's, like, it's not in crazy. He says, Jokic is the greatest offensive player of all time. That you can make the case, yes, and that's it, absolutely crazy. Yeah, it is. It is, and 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 me, much like you, I never liked the hey, I'm going to push down other people's heads to raise Jokic's up. Right. I just don't. I have too much respect for the history of the game, and the the reason why I still hold out a little bit of room for Giannis, just a tick ahead, is he won Defensive Player of the Year and League MVP in the same season. The sure. list of people who have done that is Hakeem, Jordan, and Giannis. That's yeah. the list. But I also agree with you. I have Wilt much lower on my list than other people do. Do you know that Jokic now has the same amount of finals MVPs as Wilt Chamberlain? If you played in an era where you were this physical freak and the league had like nine teams, how come he didn't win more? And, you know, and and I think the 100-point game props him up, but people don't realize the 1960s were the fastest era of NBA basketball ever. And within the fastest era, that, that year, I think it was 66, was the, league, the year that – Wilt did what he did with no three-point line. So imagine what that looked like with the lack of defense. So um, I love having these conversations, but I think the point of the conversation is what you said, is that you no longer get thrown out of the bar for suggesting that Jokic is on the level of Larry Bird. Whether he is or isn't for any individual listening to this, it's almost the secondary point. We're talking about him alongside a player of that caliber. That's the takeaway. Like Hakeem to me, and this is a controversial one. Hakeem to me is the greatest center of all time because like I look at what he accomplished, how he played, his balance of scoring, the balance on defense, all of that. And we have Russell, Chamberlain, all Shaq, all these great centers. Yep. Um, but if Yoke gets another title, he's now matched Hakeem in titles and a lifts are like he's got more MVPs. Yep. So it's like you start really having the conversation of like, is Nikola Jokic better than Hakeem Olajuwon? And like those those conversations are wild but it also and he's like you mentioned at 28 he's got runway ahead of him for as long as um as we all know he wants 
to play. That's always the question. Right, right. Um, on the other side, Zach and I are talking a little about the Denver sports scene about the Nuggets have won a title, the Avs have won a title. Is Denver really the title town now in in the United States? We'll talk about that on the other side when we return here on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure to give us a like on the old YouTubes. It helps us out so much. Uh, give us those five-star reviews also on Apple Podcasts. Help us go up on the ratings. I hope you guys have enjoyed the guest this week. Uh, tomorrow, Jenna Garcia, good friend of mine. Uh, you, you've known her work from all over. Jenna's on with us tomorrow. Uh, make sure to check out that show as well. But my guest today, Zach By, wrapping up with him, Zach the Avs won the championship last year. That was awesome. I went to the parade uh, downtown for that one. The Nuggets won the championship. I got to be in the locker room and, and get sprayed with the champagne as, as we all kind of did. And my clothes are still at the dry cleaners. Got to go get those from all the championships aromas. Um, I do want to ask you, though, somebody that covers the whole Denver sports scene and, you know, especially with, with Coach Prime, right, and the expectations – for that program in a state in a city that's never been exceptionally high on college. Um, but with the abs and I think the abs can definitely bounce back next season, even uh, with cap out and the Broncos having hired Sean Payton as coach. Are we looking at a time when there's a real chance for all of the major, <laughs> sorry for the major sports teams, except for the Rockies to be in a, a position to actually be contending yearly for championships for a little bit. And even the Rockies just had the all-star game MVP. <laughs> so, so, you know, you shoehorn that in there. Yeah, man. I, I, you know, Matt, so much of just life is about timing just in general. And I feel like you so incredibly lucky um, to be doing what I'm doing in an era like this, because we not only did Denver, Colorado just stack parades, which is just insane. Both teams are favored once again to win it all a year from now. Yeah. Um, and it, it and, and the idea that this could not be a one-off. Now, whether they actually win more championships or not, um, for me right now in this moment is, is secondary because both won one, the pressure's off. But this idea that the window could be open for the next four to six years with both teams as both uh both clubs mostly have their core locked up and their top three or four players. It's just so exciting. And then you talk about Coach Prime. Matt, like we follow these stories on our website when they, they, they come out. We know exactly how many people viewed them and read them. Like when we put out a story about Coach Prime, it's yeah, unbelievable. It's like wild. We, it shoots to the top of like it passes whatever we're talking about with the Broncos or whatever. Um, so that's exciting. I, I would caution folks because from what baseline they're operating from, it's almost like below zero into the yeah. bedrock that you're trying to. So let's be patient on that one. Um, and then here, let, let's talk about the Broncos for just a second. Sean Payton is the fifth coach since 1970 to be traded for a first round pick. So we have wow. four recent examples or recent since 1970, three of the four coaches that were traded for a first round pick won a Super Bowl within their first three years there. And the other one who didn't is Bill Parcells. And he had the team right back in the playoffs in the NFL. You can do turnarounds as fast as any other sport. Jacksonville two years ago had the number one pick in the draft last year. They're in the NFL playoffs winning games. So uh, Sean Payton, uh, I'm very bullish on what he's going to add to the Broncos, but you look at, you, you look at Michael Malone and the, the Denver Nuggets, you look at Jared Bednar and the abs. 
I was lucky enough to be at every single round for both of those title runs. And the, the fan bases that back both of these, they're very different. They're, a lot of people are the same, but a lot of people are different. And I've been at both parades, kind of saw that. Um, I am just so excited what the future holds. And, and selfishly, can I be selfish just for a second? Like, I never did a national radio hit in my life and did 10 appearances on ESPN radio in 21 days. That's awesome. I was on CNN. Like, this stuff doesn't happen if no one cares what's going on. Right. So the fact that the interest in these teams were so high that, um, again, selfishly get asked to be put in the spotlight. And I'm the basketball guy at the fan. A lot of football guys at the fan. I'm like the biggest basketball guy at the fan. So to be on the morning show every day of the game, reacting every day after the game, doing all these appearances, it was just so fun. And I'm just so excited about the prospect of, um, you know, continuing to grow with, with the teams. It's, it's very exciting. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's awesome. I think it was really cool because one of the things I think that definitely happened in the Nuggets run is you had the diehards that they're in this sh- they're in this chat sec- section. They listen to this show. They're hardcore hardcore Nuggets fans. We love them. You had I I talked to a lot of people that were like they've been they were Nuggets fans for different eras. Whether it was the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands with Melo. Uh, love that 2013 team like fans of different eras that have come and gone and you know and that's okay like stuff goes on in life but it was an opportunity to be like this team is special and they mean something to me and to be there and then you have the like the bandwagon and there's like so many more nuggets fans now because of this run and like when i got here 10 11 years ago the conversations about how like who the nuggets were in the scope was Mm -hmm. so different now and it's you know the the idea was always like they got to win they did it and so now like they really are like they're talked about differently in the landscape and that's good i think for for everybody it doesn't mean that we don't have to get into ranking how important they are or yep. talk about the nfl or anything else yep. it's just good that there's a validation now for the nuggets there's been that for the abs with the championship history of like they're a different commodity i think in in the sports market in this town yeah. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree and co-sign everything that you just said. Um, and and maybe a glaring example um, from me walking in my own shoes. Matt, when I first got to Denver, it's 2017. The Nuggets are starting to like get kind of good. They're like the band who you're like, these guys could be something one day. And then a few years later, they're selling out you know, Red Rocks or whatever. So they're kind of like coming up. But when I first got here, the reason that I started the Mile High Hoops podcast is that we weren't really permitted as sports talk show hosts, at least on the fan, to talk about the Nuggets for an extended period of time because it wasn't good for the ratings. I, I What I'm about to say is going to hurt some feelings. It was true. At the time, it was true. Like, we looked at the data. And I remember my boss being like, hey, this is look at your numbers as you did this Nuggets segment. You lose listeners. And he was like, if you want this outlet to just talk basketball because you're such a basketball guy, you can start your own podcast. So I was like, F it. I'll start my own podcast then. Now, those restrictions are totally off. And they have been off for a few years. And I I just love that there is enough interest in this team and in basketball in Colorado that I haven't been talked to about Nuggets content in years at this point. And and I'm just thankful that that's the case because um, where there wasn't always the interest that there is uh, now, that that void has been filled. And, And I would say... Please don't gatekeep this basketball team. 
Yeah. Welcome bandwagon fans, guys. That this is championships grow new fans. That's a good thing. Yeah, I think uh I also think that them winning a championship, there was like I've talked to people that do research around the league at different markets, and a lot of it in a lot of these markets is they're just like, I don't feel like my team can ever win a championship. Mm. So that's like that 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 changing, I think, reshapes a lot of uh, how the conversation is going to be going forward. I'm, I'm excited for that. That's Zach by you can check him out on 104.3, the fan daily and on the mile high hoops podcast, make sure to subscribe to that as well. You can find him on Twitter at buys line B Y E S line. Zach, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it, man. Really appreciate you for having me on uh, love coming on and appreciate you featuring me uh, today. We'll be back tomorrow with Jenna Garcia. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow with another edition of locked on nuggets.